All right, Sandy. I hope you can come and join me here. There we go. All right. Internet. Yay! There we go. Internet. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We had to switch over here because for whatever reason, I could not figure out how to do it on Facebook. So thank you, everybody, for being so, so patient with us. Hi, folks. Hey. So let's just wait a few minutes. Let, let uh, people come on in and join us. Oh, this is so cool. I feel like all those, I feel like DJ Nice. What's his name? D-Nice? D-Nice, 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 D-Nice. My name is D-Nice, and I'm taking up the suckers, and I don't know how I did it, D-Nice. I didn't even know this was something you could do. And I realized that during the quarantine, everyone does this. Like, everyone's having these, like, live conversations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's all the rage. And I think nine o'clock this time is a good time because it seems like everybody comes on between like seven, seven thirty and eight o'clock. Um, so I figured that this time may be a better time for us. We're on prime time. Prime time. We're, we're on prime time and everybody at least everybody in my house is like watching TV and leaving each other alone. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. So uh, let's get started. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Um, I asked Sandy to join me so that we can have a conversation and be like, coño, coronavirus. Um, I'm sure everybody has all kind of feelings about what we're all going through um, as a world right now. And so we just wanted to, you know, have a chat and just talk about how we're feeling, how we're doing, um, give a few shout out to some uh, brave Dominican folks out there who are doing really great work, um, especially Assemblywoman Karines Reyes from the Bronx. Woo, boogie down. She... Um, is a nurse and was out there representing and on the front lines, taking care of patients uh, with the COVID-19. And um, I read that she then went into quarantine for like about two weeks and then went back up to Albany to um, keep working for the state, for New York state and representing us. So I just wanted to give her that quick shout out. And, um, you know, let's just in introduce each other. So, Sandy, please tell us a, a little bit about you, about how you're doing, how are things going for you and, and your students and all of that. Hi, folks. I saw a few familiar names. Thank you so much for coming by to our primetime uh, event, the debut. <laughs> um, 
I'm good. I'm not gonna lie. I was taking a nap not that long ago. Uh, I was thinking that we should start the, or maybe not start. I think a few people have already started the nap challenge. Just like tag each other and challenge each other to nap. I really needed a nap today. I was feeling, uh, it's not like one of the symptoms. I was just feeling tired. I think from all just like the mental processing because I've had to do a lot of work readjusting both of my classes. So I teach two classes now uh, at Queens College and uh, we've just had to like kind of reorganize things. So I've had to be really creative with how to still cover the material given that we've missed a couple weeks um, and just like addressing needs of students. Um, but yeah, thankfully I'm feeling good health wise. I've been monitoring everything. It's been sad to be away from my family. So my family actually lives nearby about 15 minutes away, but I've been social distancing just to be safe, to make sure we're not contaminating each other. Cause all of us were working in various parts of the city up until fairly recently. I've been off for about two and a half weeks. So yes, yeah, so sorry, I am Sandy Placido and I'm a <laughs> assistant professor of history at CUNY Queens College, and then I also work at the Dominican Studies Institute. I am their Dominican Studies Scholar, which essentially means that I'm working on various research and writing projects. I'm a historian, so my work is focused on 19th, 20th century, women's history, Caribbean history, people of color histories in the U.S. So that's me, and I'm feeling good, thankfully. Like, I'm taking that for granted less and less each day, <laughs> the fact that I feel good, you know, so. Thank you, Sandy, for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's been the same challenge. And for a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know, this transition of having to be home and now everything is um, going to online and remote learning from first grade all the way through college and university. So everyone has been impacted by this. And, um, you know, I mean, even though uh, for me, I, I have been spending a lot of time, you One know, more oh, and that's my daughter, Carmen, who's in the background. Let her say hello. I had all of the Oreo <laughs> the oreo cookies that i had to hide and i found them and then part of the negotiation was that she would stay with abuelo and abuela while i did this video live <laughs> go with abuelo and abuela okay mommy i'll see you later bye carmen when you go shopping bring me oreo okay i will oh all right <laughs> It's like this 24 7. I'm like, I'm like, she's clutching my, my nameplate, clutching my pearls. Like, I see how it is. Okay. So, yeah, you know, it's a challenge, you know, especially for all my mom friends out there who yeah. just have to like juggle because some people are still working, right? And for a lot of people, there's been even an extra push and more pressure being put off people. Uh, you know, because managers and all those people are concerned about productivity and if they're going to still continue to produce. Um, so, you know, it's been really intense. I mean, I've been a little bit more lax about the whole thing because I'm more interested in keeping my sanity throughout all of this, you know, and then 
you know, I came to Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm staying with my parents, and I've been helping them out. They've been helping me out. So it's been, you know, it's it's worked out. But, you know, definitely this whole thing has, you know, hurts in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Sandy, how is it impacting your your relationship with with other folks right now that we're like social distancing. I know, I know it was really hard uh, mm-hmm. for some people to do it, like, and to make the decision, like the clear decision that we are going to do this, that, you know, I think a lot of people were, when they were first hearing about this whole coronavirus, they were thinking, oh, this is just the flu. Oh, you're just gonna, you know, you'll be sick for two or three days and you'll be better. Um, but as people as time goes on people are learning more and more about it and taking it more seriously but it's a process right it really is I um it's been hard like as you know I moved into this new place about a month ago now and I haven't even had a housewarming I barely I think on the first day that I got the key my mom came peeked her head in and then essentially the pandemic hit so I like I like haven't even been able to have my mom and sisters over to help me decorate. And so that was very anticlimactic after spending so long trying to get this place, not being able to have friends over for brunch. But um, my birthday happened in the last month and I did. Oh, happy birthday, Sandy. Thanks. High season. High season. I know yeah, we're in season. season hit us hard, girl. I know. I felt, I felt like a little guilty. I was like, sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh, look, my nephew is here. Um, but um, yeah, so that was definitely hard. But I think early on, I think being an academic, like someone who just reads a lot, like just my thing is just like consuming information, like rapidly, like from yeah. as soon as I started reading and looking in and reading the fine print, I, I, right away was like no this is serious and so I remember very early on I was like posting things on Facebook like shouldn't we be wearing masks like you know (laughs) I was already like you know my mom was like come over and I'm like no like you know yeah my sisters and nieces were still working and I'm like no tell your boss to to send you home like so I think I was you know, all I'm saying to Blasio, Como, maybe you need a, maybe you need a couple <laughs> Latina women. No, I don't want to do politics now. Well, um, you know, he does saying, have, like, he does have Dr. Osiris Barbo, who's Puerto Rican. She's been there, you know, leading this fight. But like, I think, you know, just going back to that, you know, I mean, you know, we are, right, we're highly educated people, right? You're una doctora of history, I'm an attorney, but with that, you know, our families may not necessarily see us in that light. And so they, they may think that we're just crazy and panicking when we're giving them this information. Cause like with my mom, she's like, I, I mean, how you, you're, you're just overreacting. You're just what, we don't need to do all of those things. That's not going to happen to us. And I'm like, and then when uh, the announcement happened that Jenny Polanco, the Dominican designer oh passed away that really like in my house it was like oh shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then johnny ventura is sick now and there's like another doctor and there's like a lot of high numbers happening in san pedro de macorís in the dominican republic 
so i think i think i think people are really starting to like say okay wait a minute we need to sit down and i think you know with the focus on dominicans right you know washington heights right now has one of the highest numbers of um of people infected in new york city i remember that's like so early on when i was like panicking and i would there's a park right across the street and i you know at first like i was taking my socially distant walks but i just saw everyone playing in the track area volleyball soccer and i'm just like freaking out and i remember posting something and people were like yep it's the same thing in washington heights it's like business as usual and i i just started to be like wait is the messaging not being translated mm -hmm, i know that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. univision does its job but maybe exactly maybe just people feel that they're they were feeling that Exactly, it wouldn't be so bad that if they yeah. their jarabes and their mir con cebolla, that no, but Exacto. now that the, I think the, the, the de, de jengibre. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the, the change that's happening now is um, because these stories of people who actually have the illness are starting to circulate and people realize, oh, this is not just a flu, like it's a horrendous, even the mild cases are extremely you know, can be very painful. Like I've already yeah. heard stories of just the the experience of folks and the coughing and feeling like you can't breathe and the fever. And then the fact that it's drawn out, like you're sick for like two weeks. Or, more. or more. Or more. And then mm -hmm. it's just, and it's like this. And I think as people are starting to see folks, they're like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, I think with Dominican folks in particular, you know, we we have been through so much right and in the island like there's always some sort of like ep epidemic happening whether it's dengue or the chundundunga i don't even know how, yeah. to, how to say that, yeah, that my, was... my parents actually got that one time while they were in the yeah. dr and you know and they were telling me how people really like you know they really suffered too they could hardly walk like they could mm -hmm. hardly move and so but it's still, you know, it's still like, okay, but you guys went through that and now this is happening and you're not alarmed, you know, you still mm -hmm. want to like go to your girl's house and have people come over. And I'm like, no. And then my mom's like, why do you have to be like that? Why? And then she'll call people and be like, I'm just no tiene que acusar, pero tú entiende la situación. And it's like, why do I have to? excuse myself but you know everyone has their way right of communicating yeah. around these things mm -hmm. but you know but it's so interesting you like how to how to you know maneuver around that yeah 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 but then just the reality that of course as you know when i keep hearing all the the conversations about the essential workers of new york city i think one of the things we both know being from New York City, uh, and that I've always thought about, New York City is is the working class people of our city are, you know, a lot of them are Dominican. You know, we have many yes. other immigrant groups, yes. but you know, Dominicans uh, make up a very large proportion of, uh, you know. So whenever I'm imagining this kind of vague group that they call us essential workers, I'm just thinking of the fact that there are so many um, of the people from our community and that definitely 
is something I've been thinking about. And then just thinking about the stress of also knowing, you know, what I've been thinking about with what's going on in the Dominican Republic, like the irony that a month ago, we finally had this social movement pop off where everyone yeah. was out. And now a month yeah. later, everyone's like, yeah being yeah. you know forced back inside but i think the curfew's five o'clock now five mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm, is like mm -hmm. you know for dr that is like i don't that is just unheard of to have everyone in their house like yeah and i just like i'm just thinking in terms of psychologically but also politically for that movement um how how what of a what a huge hit to the movement this has been over there like and i hope there could be ways to keep the momentum going for that social movement on the island. Yeah, I think I think that's the reality, like just all over the world, yeah. right? You know, I mean, all throughout Latin America, there's been these uprisings and social yeah. movements that have been building, um, and then to have something like this, you know, to come into play, it. Mm -hmm. You know, but but then the interesting factor is these platforms, right? The fact that like even though this is happening, it doesn't mean we stop communicating. And actually it's the opposite and we're even communicating even more sure. and getting more information and the possibility of organizing may even be even greater because even everyone better. is just sitting on home, you know, on their social media. Yo, I've been connecting with people I haven't talked to in years. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, I discovered Marco Polo. Like, I told you the video. I don't know. Shout out to Marco Polo. Um, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, definitely. Um, I told myself that I would just have a running list of people I want to reach out to during this time and maybe aim to reach out to at least one person per day. Because, yeah, this is – I think you were the one who posted, like, this is the perfect time to remind people to register to vote and fill out their census form. Today's the census. Today, everyone. Well, it got it's postponed, right? I mean, people can still get counted, but officially, today is like the day that everyone should fill out their census form. So, everybody who's on here, take ten minutes. Just go on to mycensus twenty twenty dot gov. I believe it is. Um, I'll I'll make sure to to post it around. So that folks can, you know, go on and make sure that you, your household, your neighbors, everyone you know, gets counted. Definitely. That's super important. Yeah. 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 So, Sandy, you had been um, mentioning to me, you know, just reflecting on the experiences of Dominicans. You had um, mentioned a historical fact. Yes. About... Yes. Uh, an epidemic pandemic that Dominicans faced so like 300 years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about that? about that? Also, I see some of my former students on here, so we're going to get a little uh, flash. Oh, flash nice, from the nice, past. nice. <laughs> And folks probably know this book if you're into Dominican studies or history, but this is the kind of standard history book, Frank Moyapon's a national history, the Dominican Republic and national history. So I use it. Um, I've been using it this semester. I'm teaching a class called History of the Spanish Caribbean. So we cover the history of Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. And, you know, I just have really been thinking a lot about this period in the 1600s in Santo Domingo. And the thing that strikes me is, is, you know, we have this in our blood, our ancestry, right? People who have survived just 
not just one uh, kind of crisis, but it's always been intersecting crises. Like the crises have never just, it's not just like, okay, we're gonna have one crisis and then a month later we have, no, it's always like a layered, you know? And yeah. to me, I guess I, I, I draw strength from that actually. I draw strength from the fact that, um, that, that's, that people did survive that. And when you see that the evidence, you go to our island and you see black and brown people like that, that they are the descendants of these individuals who survived incredible things in the Caribbean in the, in the centuries after European contact and colonization. So this particular incident actually is in um, 1666. And at the time, yeah. people were very paranoid because they thought that the fact that so many bad things were happening happening was because of the fact that it was six, 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 six. six. yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, literally it, it says um, the new attitude was brought about by the belief that all the difficulties had been the product of astronomical influences that have been operating during a seven year cycle that started in the ill-fated year of 1666 and, and particularly in 1666 in Santo Domingo, um, Moyapon says, in, in 1666, a series of natural disasters struck the island. A new smallpox epidemic killed the majority of the slaves. The cacao plantations were struck by, in 1667, the French, who were expanding more and more into Spanish territories, attacked Santiago. The Spaniards were incapable of either opposition or retaliation. In 1668, a hurricane tore through the Spanish colony leveling forest crops and buildings. And then another smallpox epidemic killed approximately 1,500 people in 1669. So there you go. You get the whole mix of natural disaster, public health disasters, uh, uh, crop disasters, fi uh, political financial disasters, because at that time, the conflicts between France and Spain um, and, and, and what I always think about, you know, in the midst of all of this, you have the, the, the Spanish who are on the island begging the Spanish crown for more enslaved people to come to the island as laborers because there's like labor shortages. At the same time, though, they're asking for them, but they have no money to pay for them. But, you know, uh, what's so significant to me is, is that, that detail that... <laughs> Imagine just being ripped from your home somewhere in West Africa. You just survived the Middle Passage, and now you're in this island in the Caribbean and, and, and just being faced with one disaster after another. And so I think a lot about um, those communities, like the, a lot of those communities in that period ended up becoming maroon communities and um, running off into the mountains, and they were able to live. There's one case here. Um, where he talks about the colonists were in great need of laborers. They asked the governor to subdue the runaway blacks who had been living as cimarrones in the Sierra de Manier for more than 30 years. So that's also one of the reasons they kept begging for more imports of enslaved people because uh, so many of the people who had been there had already started running away. So even that mm -hmm. simple act that just gets like a passing sentence really makes me think about that impulse to live right that we carry in us like we are here yes. because of these generations of people who who just they they acted upon an impulse to to live they found the strength from somewhere and made yeah. it work and, yeah. and yeah. i just i feel like i have to honor that that's like why i don't give up because it's like 
I'm not going to give up. If people in 1666 <laughs> didn't give up, I'm definitely That's not. Right. I'm good. Like, That's I'm right. I'm okay. That's right. Like, I can do this. You know, and, and so, you know, my sister, uh, she had actually said that to me. She's like, if my ancestors survived, you know, all the things they went through, I can survive this. And I agree, but also, you yes. know, we have to take precautions, right? Because yeah. I'm sure people took whatever precautions that they could mm -hmm. take to protect their lives. Sometimes it meant yeah. maintaining silence. Sometimes yeah. it meant fighting back. But people, yeah. right, were strategic about whatever decisions they made. And I think, right, the strategic move right now is just sit your ass at home because some people... <laughs> You know, they just, they just don't want to, or they're like, oh, but I have to go make money and I have to do this. But then, you know, what I, what I remind myself is that I'm not the only one going through this. Like the whole yeah. world is going through this. And, you know, who knows what this is going to mean in terms of the economy, in terms of mm -hmm. our workforce, in terms of, because mm -hmm. we're losing people at all levels. Yeah, like people who are highly educated, highly trained. Yeah, who you know, like the doctor who uh, did the surgery on the on the yeah. twins, the neurosurgeon. He yeah. died, right? <laughs> and yeah. to like you know workers, right? Our yeah. essential workers. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's going to really bring a lot of critical questions to the forefront of how do we develop this workforce? How do we make sure that we fill those jobs? right of people that we lose and really who and really what do we need yeah you know what do we need but you know i also wanted to um also bring up so a, f a few nights ago i decided to watch the documentary pandemic oh yeah and i and i know that may sound like raquel why would you watch that in the middle of this right and you know i definitely learned a lot in terms of the fact that like there are people, groups of people who have been working on these issues mm -hmm. for years, for decades, you know, and they were predicting that this was this exact thing was going to occur. Mm -hmm. They didn't know exactly what it was going to look like or how it was going to be, but that this would happen. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a, a particular company that they focused on. Um, distribute bio, which is actually working on developing a vaccine for the coronavirus. And, um, you know, they've been really trying to maintain the company as independent as possible because they want to develop a vaccine that's affordable and that can reach everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. So I decided, you know, I'm like, let me do some more research on this company and see what's going on with them. So I sent them an email. I found their website. I sent them a message. <laughs> and I was like, wow, guys, you really should do, because they had mentioned doing some crowdsourcing fundraising. And, I, and I'm sure they were planning on doing it. But I was like, hey, you guys really should do this crowdsourcing. I, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys 20 bucks. And the first response I got was, well, right now we're just, you know, targeting, you know, big donors. We're not taking small donations right now, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, fine. And then last night at midnight, I got an email from them saying that they're launching their crowdsourcing um, fundraising. Mm -hmm. 
for the vaccine. So I posted it. I've, I've been posting it yeah. around. I just want to mention it to folks on here. If you're looking to, I mean, there's so many different organizations to give to. There's mm -hmm. so many, you know, people who need food, people who are raising money to get uh, PPEs for our healthcare workers, um, you know, all sorts of things. But I felt like this is kind of something very like specific and concrete. And even though it's going to take time, for mm -hmm. us to get that vaccine that we really should be supporting our scientists who I'm sure are like working 24 yeah. seven to get this, to get this going because this is just insane. Yeah. Um, I, I've been like watching obviously lots of news like around the Al Jazeera, the Reuters, like trying to get the global perspective and um you know, it's hard not to get into that conspiracy theory spiral of like, well, maybe they just want us to die, you know, like maybe this is like part of like this, you know, but at the same, you know, controlling I, the I, population. Yeah, population control. But I truly believe, hey, Carmen, like, you know, I think initiatives to keep the most of us alive and healthy as possible are definitely worth and I think but then it has to kind of go hand in hand with the other conversation that I know is happening a lot right now which is we need this like massive social revolution too right like part of the fundamental issue of why we're even in this mess as well is not just that we need that medicine right those magical vaccines and things but that we also yeah. need a much larger structural so hopefully um as we sit at home over the next few months, we can start like after, cause I think it's also good for us to hold space for the feelings right now, but then yeah. at some point start finding ways to this being strategic, what you were saying earlier, like, right. We have to develop. Oh, okay. That was my car daughter. We have to develop. You've been uh, saying that all day long. To be strategic. We have to develop our brain trust, right? Yeah. We have to be ready. Yeah, And I think we have, we, I mean, people are out there. People are talking and thinking about what the future is going to look like. And well, maybe we're not some. necessarily there well, just yet. Okay, one second. Carmen. Let me finish. Hello. Oh, hey, Carmen. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, but Hello. <laughs> Sorry. I see how, who wears the pants. Over oh, there. my God. Oh, my God. You're we're doing this for you, Carmen. We're doing this for the future. Let us build our brain trust. We need to build our brain trust. We got to like really think about, you know, what is all of this going to mean? You know, what is it going to mean for our city, for New York City? I love New York City so much. I've been so sad. I yeah, I know. And, and what it's going to mean for New York State? And really, uh, you know, how is this going to impact the most vulnerable? Absolutely. Right? Because, you know, we all know the reality. We're, we're at the bottom of the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like the, yeah. <laughs> we're the ones who are going to most probably pay the price. Look, so, you know, I live, I live in Riverdale, right? I've been living there now for two years. It's nice. It's beautiful. I love it. It's a mostly white Jewish community. And when they found the attorney right who was like the second patient oh, that's right to have it in in new york state um then they you know they started like tracking it and i think his his kids were going to some schools in riverdale and his son was going to school at the yeshiva university in washington heights and once i saw that 
the Jewish schools, the Jewish private schools all closed. Right. Then all the other private schools closed. Mm -hmm. And then, and I'm like, okay, so all the white institutions are closing. Yeah. And what's going on with the rest of us? What's happening with the, I mean, they really waited to the last minute to close New York City public schools when they most probably should have closed it on March 1st. Yeah, the closings, the closing absolutely went along racial and class lines. And, you know, like the fact that universities closed before, you know, elementary, middle and high schools was telling and retail, like my niece was working retail up until just a couple. I don't need both of them. So, yeah. Yeah, so... So I guess, you know, let's, you know, talk a little bit about, um, I guess, like, what's next? What do do we want to do next? What are you going to do for tomorrow? Like, what's my tomorrow? Yeah, because it's really, like, moment by moment, right? It's not even, like, we can't even, I can hear a mastermind, like, okay, I have three months to, like, (laughs) work on these three projects, but then there's days that I'm just like, yo, I just, I can't anymore, like, let me just sit here, and then there's other days when I'm, like, depolvando la casa entera, so, like, (laughs) you know? We just have to keep talking, honestly, like, just, uh... It's like a combination of, of knowing when to set the boundary and then talking. Like earlier when I needed to take my nap, a friend called me and I really wanted to talk to her, but I ignored the first call. And then she calls again. And then I just answered. I was like, we're in the time of coronavirus. Stop being an So I just answered. But then I was just honest, like, I'm going to be on live at nine, but I need to take a nap first. <laughs> so she was like, oh, of course. So yeah. let's just talk after, you know. So just literally some very concrete um, moments of honesty and and kind of ex- like literally acting upon our needs, like not ignoring them. Um, but then at the same yeah. time, we just, like I said, I, I feel that I definitely have a commitment to maintaining these lines of communication open. Um, I really do feel this wave of like, maybe this is our chance to finally have the global, the R word, you know, the revolution. And like, yeah. I mean, like I've never been the type, I will be completely honest. I, it, I'm, I'm a pacifist. Like I'm not, like, it's not a, it's not a violent revolution. Listen, I've never even been in a fight. I'm from the Bronx. I'm such a wimp. I don't, even, <laughs> I've never even been in a fight. Like I literally, like I'm not in, I just, I know everyone's okay. With that said though, like it, I really do think that we have enough people on our side, right. Who believe in these visions who are, like we've reached a point where like we're we can't take it anymore like so it's that that point of of just heightened conflict and yeah. and 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 tension that it almost seems like it's inevitable so my hope is that there's just momentum to get this guy out of office um to make sure we can have an election this fall from there mm-hmm. we can then plot next steps to yeah. keep supporting just whoever is out there doing this work, there's so many, and then also doing the work ourselves, but we just have to be, we just have to find the strength from, we have to draw it from where it is. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be an uphill battle because 
you know, when you see these um, polls saying that yeah. like 45 has like one of the, his highest ratings ever. I'm like, who are these people? You know, it's like, like how is that not rigged? How is they, that how are they? They didn't call me. I'm they like, didn't call me. I know. I saw someone say, I'm not being asked. Like, and and then I even heard another theory that um he's been kind of not giving aid to the blue states. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. But then yes. the red states, he's like. Going yeah. Out. And yeah, the stimulus package, like a lot of the smaller states got like billions of dollars like the same amount that new york would get they gave like equally and people are like how are you going to give equally to a place like maybe north dakota that maybe has like two cases and the need is obviously in new york yeah yeah so yeah um <laughs> it's just hard. It's a lot I'll of deep stuff honest like it is it, but it is like on the day-to-day -day level i would be completely honest it, it's right now it feels like a bit of a struggle like i'm getting the 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 minimum that i need to get done for work yeah. and then i just yeah. think we need to kind of encourage each other even doing things like this like alive i keep saying um that we should be having these like congressional call parties and i know that folks on the more revolutionary radical left will be like oh electoral politics but like this is the mess we're in you know yeah. at the end of the day is yeah. because you know we have like to me it's just levels like we need to deal with the first layer which is like we need to clear these people out of office mm -hmm. absolute evil the republic like you see all the mess they're doing in congress all the stuff they're trying to get passed in the midst of like like, it's just... Well, I was just I reading just, that they want to wage war now in Venezuela. Venezuela. I mean, but you know, but that's all part of the playbook, right? This is like yeah. typical when people yeah. are like in the middle of a crisis, you know, then they have, they make these decisions to do things, you know, to wage a war, mm -hmm. to, you know, give like the fact that they gave Wall Street like $2 trillion dollars. You know, and but then they want to send you a thousand two hundred. I'm like, you know, and then I explain to people that's an advanced pica pollo. It's yeah. un pica pollo, pero con cuarto. It's not just, you know, the, the chicken. But still, I mean, what are you going to do with a thousand two hundred dollars? You know, New York, you can't even pay your rent. Yeah. With that. Yeah. For one yeah. month. Yeah. It, it, it really, I, I really appreciated all the posts and messages that are just the fragility of the market, right? Like the kind of, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we believe that it's, it's um, you know, immune and, and nothing will ever happen to it. But it's like, it is truly, even with the trillions, it's still going down. Like it, this numbers are still, you know, so I know a lot of folks have been talking about like tapping into that people power and then also tapping into the fact that we are the, we ultimately the people at the bottom we hold all the power we are both the laborers and the consumers yes. and the people that get experimented on and the people who like we are literally like it's like the moment that we look at ourselves and each other and realize our power um again so much easier said than done so like i said on the day-to-day -day level i'm just trying to push myself to be um just a little more present aware and uh, I, I tend to be positive, but um, I have a little bit of the introvert tendency, so I'm just trying to push myself to continue to maintain connections with people during yeah. this time.
yeah. and to um, be consistent uh, and, and then to just believe in my own power too. Like again, mm -hmm. um, I mean, and, and for me, it's like, I've always wanted to do this and I never did a yeah. live. This is the mm -hmm. first time I'm doing a live. You know, um, I finally like got my website together so that people can log on and just schedule an appointment with me without me having to do the back and forth with them. Like the whole idea of my automating myself and getting like to my optimal operation, I'm definitely doing that. And also, you know, taking those naps. Taking naps. <laughs> um... You know, and then it's just like literally the other level of it is with all this to be morbid for a second and also to hold space for the folks who are sick and passing away. But it's it really puts things into perspective. Yeah, just see massive death all around you. And it's it's like, oh, this is like, let me take let me do everything I can right now while I'm alive. It gives you a, an extra push. Yes. Um, to yes. be grateful with each day like it really truly brings into relief how important each day is because like with this whole thing you really don't know you could wake up sick tomorrow I know that sounds horrible god forbid everything but it really each day that I wake up feeling okay I'm like okay <laughs> like so yeah no I, I've been I've been in Atlanta since um March 16th and uh we completed our two weeks here and i'm like yeah okay we got through the two weeks mm -hmm. we're good you know let's not let's do the next two weeks now let's yeah. do the next and yes. yeah all right sandy so you know i want to say thank you for yeah. doing this this was super cool i really liked doing doing this with you <laughs> me too <laughs> and um you know, I think, you know, definitely let's do this again, you know, mm -hmm. and keep having these conversations and talking about, you know, how this is all impacting us, the good, bad and the ugly, right? Because this is, you know, we're being faced with our mortality, we're being faced with our lives, right? And we're asking mm -hmm. ourselves all those existential, existential questions, mm -hmm. you know, about what we want, and how we're going to do that, and how we're going to get there. And, um, you know, while at the same time, this also, you know, I've, I've been watching Ayanla Van Sant and her, her lives as well. And she okay. says, you know, there's, there are silver linings to all of this. What the fact that we get to spend more time with our families, the fact that we get to cook and be at home, the, mm -hmm. you know, to do all the things that we don't get to do when we're running around like crazy, mm -hmm. just trying to get everything done every single day. Absolutely. Uh, quick shout out to you because it's our anniversary. I, I have a Facebook today that it was exactly, I'm like dating myself about 14 years, four, about yeah. 14 years ago. Around this time in 2006, with all the immigrant rights marches, the first time I saw you was giving this like incredible speech at a church in Washington Heights at the end of one of the big immigration marches up there. And I was still in college and I was like, who's that woman? Because you had natural hair and that was not a thing yet. Yeah, and my, my hair was one like of the first Dominicans with your whole, 
you know, your afro and your hair. That's up. right. Like, that's right. That's right. To my friend, I was like, who is? And I just stopped you um, <laughs> after that. And that's how I ended up working. You hired me to be an organizer. And then we've just had this uh, friendship and mentorship relationship ever since. So grateful to you. The pandemic has made me so grateful for all these great people in my life, even more than usual. So thank you, Raquel, for being brilliant and brave. Thank you, Sandy, for doing this. <laughs> and let's keep let's let's keep bringing on all of our brilliant Dominican intellectual folks on to talk about these things. Yes. You know, and, and I just want to also note before we go, like, just you know, my being like more on social media these days, just watching, you know, folks more from like your generation, not so much mine. We're like what, like ten years or so apart. Um, really doing a lot of amazing things like Miss mm -hmm. um, Rizos and I'm wearing earrings from her hair salon. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. just wanted to know that, that you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then you have um, this woman, uh, the owner of Botanica Beauty mm -hmm. um, who's been doing a lot of really wonderful um, Instagram lives as well. Mm -hmm. um, I love Brujas of Brooklyn. Griselda, yeah, was, at, Griselda was my doula. Yeah, Carmen, mm -hmm. and uh, they have been doing really beautiful work in terms of helping people ground themselves um, mm -hmm. in spirituality, in you know yoga, and looking at the ways that they're eating and you know maintaining mm -hmm. a subida defensa, right? Because yeah, really, I it's love, the time for I, us to be like super healthy, as as healthy as we can be, right? Yeah, some people are in different levels right some people are vegan some people are still like so, you know, i have to have my oreos but yeah but yeah, yeah so you know I, it's I been really incredible just to watch out. all of that i remember i ate them all to, uh, <laughs> quick shout out to carmen definitely the future yes. of our community i'm so excited i can hear what you're saying i'm so excited for you to introduce us to all the celebrities carmen because you're gonna be amazing <laughs> but um <laughs> But quick shout out to like, for example, Claudia de la Cruz, who's the one of the directors of the People's Forum for bringing that internationalist global analysis, leftist analysis to the situation. I've always loved yes. the clarity of her voice. Um, and then, you know, even art makers like DJ Lalo, Loida, whose documentary right. came out and hasn't been able to necessarily have her screenings, but who's been part of the movement of DJs online and sharing playlists. So yeah, no, we have some really great, the Dominican Writers Association um, doing incredible work. And so, yeah. Oh, and, and I just going... want to mention, I'm so excited that uh, they extended the deadline for the Washington Heights memoir. <laughs> because I want to submit something so for, for that I'd like to submit. And I, and I participated in the workshop in, in the winter fall. So, yeah. yeah, I think, but they're doing amazing, amazing work. And I'm sad that they had to also postpone their conference. Exactly. Um, but all those things, you know, will, will flourish again. They will all blossom again. Right now, we're just seeds waiting, waiting for our time to, to come out. I love it. We're going to sprout. We're going to sprout. <laughs> all right, y'all. Bye. Bye, friends. All right. Thank you, Sandy. Bye, everyone. Thank you and we'll, for joining We'll plan us. another one. Thank you, everyone. Have a Thank good night. Bye. Bye. Good night, people.